That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the boys are back. The fans are back. The refs are back. The players are back. JD, the English Premier League, is back. We are back for our first recap of the season. God, I feel like it was only like a week ago we were doing our recap of Decision Day. And, you know, God, I am so, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy. But first of all, JD, you traveled this weekend. How were the travels? How was the road? How did you enjoy the games? It was good. Yeah, I was down in Maryland visiting a friend. Uh, we uh, watched most of the games that we could. We went to a wine bar. Um, it's like a beer distributor and like liquor store that has like seating in the back. And they just sell like draft beer and like charcuterie boards. And we just watched love the it. Liverpool game there. It was fucking Absolutely awesome. Absolutely love it. Um, Got up early on Saturday to see Man United pummel Leeds, and then just pretty much got day drunk and watched all the games. It was great. It was a good and time. That's, and that's that's got to be the only way you can do it, guys. I'm I'm gonna mention my weekend in a quick nutshell. I did not leave my couch. I did all the errands I had to do on Friday, so that at no point on either Saturday or Sunday I had to leave my couch because I wanted to watch every last second of Premier League football soccer whatever you call it but guys we're gonna get into it but before we start jd i want to talk about one thing and one thing only full stadiums of fans my it's beautiful nice to see i i honestly watching on friday seeing the brentford crowd and just Yes, this is their first game in the first division of English soccer in almost a century. I I understand that. But God, just the raw emotion of just being able to be back in... Being able to be back in a full capacity. Like, here in the United States, uh, again, and if you follow us here in the United States, stadiums have been slowly kind of feeding in. So we've kind of been weaned into being able to be back in stadiums. In the UK, I mean, yes, of course, they had the one final game last season where you were able to have home fans at limited capacity. But basically, they just like, okay, cool, new season, you know, that's it, full capacity, let's just go for it. And my God, JD, I don't know about you, but when I'm hearing actual fans sing chants and actual fans ooing and eyeing and booing with the actual reaction of what's going on with the game... It really warms my heart with the fact that, like, and again, with everything that's going on in the world, who knows if we'll ever reach a normal, but JD, does it not just feel like normal is here? Like, we're back, we're back, like, we're back, baby. It's it's getting there. It, it, it is getting to that point, and, and I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see how the season goes. Hopefully... Hopefully the world gets to a better situation than we were in this time last year, but uh, it's look—it's looking a, a lot more like that. So I'm hoping full stands all season. It was great this weekend. And now let's actually dive into those games. And JD, 
I'm going to have you start this one off first. Because there's a team that didn't look good at all. And um, I hear around town that you're not much of a fan. That's right, boys and girls. Brentford, the new boys in town in front of their sellout crowd for the first time in about 75 years being in the first division of English soccer. Brentford 2, Arsenal 0. Unexpected goals. Brentford beat out Arsenal 1.59 goals to 1.14 goals. Now, JD, I'm going to let you just get right into it. Oh my god. Arsenal, what is you doing? Dude, I'm not I'm not even surprised. I I knew this would happen. I I mean, I I put money on a draw just to be conservative, but I know somebody that you know that put heavily like heavily bet on Brentford and he said it pretty much paid for his old Atlantic City trip. I Arsenal just do not know how to play together. It, it's they they're just allergic to playing good football. I, they had they controlled sixty five percent of the possession, twenty two shots, only four on target, against a newly promoted Brentford side that ha- have no idea how to play in the Premier League because they never have. I I just don't understand how a team with this much talent can be this fucking shitty. I the fact that Mikel Arteta still has a job, one game into the season, I I cannot believe. That they didn't just fire him on the spot. And then I think, oh yeah, it's the fucking Arsenal board. Like, a, now, a sensible a sensible owner would have fired Arteta by now. now. Now, let me just cut you off really quick. I mean, I have my opinions on the game as well. I mean, I felt like this was honestly just a game where any team that showed up to play against Brentford in their home opener, their first home game in, like I said, 75 years in the first division, that would have been an uphill battle for any team. And we, uh, I, I had the opportunity to talk with a couple of the guy, like our good friends watching the game or talking about it the day after and stuff. And I'm just, I was very much turned off with the fact that it looked like Mikel Arteta was not prepared for this. He was not prepared for a brand new Brentford side. And yes, I understand they're brand new. There's not a lot of like physical tape to watch of a new team getting promoted, but it's the same coach. You gotta guess it's gonna be the same system. And it was a lot of the same players that brought them up in the first place. So you have to assume you know what they're gonna do. And honestly, you have to take that risk as a coach. But honestly, JD, I think the biggest X factor in this game was a late scratch from Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang both being out with illness. And I'm putting that in quotation because it really hasn't been released yet what illness that is. But... JD, how much do you think that affected this game? Because honestly, I think Arsenal would have been in it if these guys were playing. I I mean, maybe. Sure, you put two better players into this team. Yeah, maybe. But it, it wasn't just up front. I, I mean, they were losing the ball in midfield. Their defense didn't look great. I Leno, I don't know what he was doing. But like losing out on your near post uh, for your first concession of the season. Like, come on, man. I mean, it was it was a great shot. Like Sergio Cano, shout out former Liverpool uh, academy guy. Um, I actually said right before the game in, in the lads Discord, I said like, "Oh shit, Sergio Cano." So I remember him from a couple years ago. Boom, twenty two minutes in, great shot, terrible goalkeeping by Leno. But I, and on on their second goal, uh, the Norgard goal, that's just shitty def- defending and goalkeeping because I, I really think Leno could have gotten that ball out of the air but you can't let that guy just run in straight into the center of the box and just 
get the easiest header ever. I you just can't do it. You need to be marking. I, zonal marking only goes so far. And I, I think with the way teams set up now, I, it's really tough to just zonally mark. You have to be man marking, in my opinion. I I don't know. I, no, and honestly, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I just feel like watching this Arsenal side, it is a little bit shambolic. Um, ben White is going to get the trial by fire oh, in terrible. every in every sense of the word because I think this guy really does come in, and I understand. Um, I don't remember. Gabriel was not in the starting lineup for this game, correct? No, it was no. uh was a holding. Uh no, it was uh Pablo uh Mari. So, um Oh, Pablo Mari, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Chambers was on the right. That's what it, it was. It, it it's kind of crazy that Ben White is going to come into this team and be probably their best center back right off the bat. So, again, it's going to be a trial by fire situation, but guys, we are going to move on. One of the bigger clubs in the English Premier League, did not show up in Arsenal. One of the other big clubs in England showed up and and, and absolutely... Here we go. Oh, my God. Death, taxes, Ollie Gunner, the PE teacher, being better than um, Bielsa, who is, you know, the third best manager in football. But I'm not going to get into that conversation now. I'll save that for another time. Yes, that's right, boys and girls. Manchester United 5, Leeds 1, expected goals. This was actually like kind of weird, and I don't know how this kind of makes sense. United scored 5 goals, but their expected goals were 1.6. I don't know what that means, but sure. Okay. Leeds coming in at 0.6, so basically they're, you know, if you round it up, sure, they hit their 1. Um, Yeah, I'm going to start this one off because, good God, what a way to start my weekend. Honestly... If you haven't watched the game, go watch the highlights. They are available everywhere. Bruno Fernandes getting a absolute sensational hat trick. Three amazing goals. Not one from a penalty, may I add. Paul Pogba might be the best left winger in the English Premier League. Because if he's banging in four assists, my goodness. Mason Greenwood with an absolutely mature run. And honestly, this guy might have aged in all the right ways going into this season. And then uh, and then Fred... When Fred scores on you, we Houston, you may not be a good soccer club. Leeds, you may you, you know he's he, he's taking a forty yard screamer next game and it's gonna go it's gonna go out of the stadium. You know here's, he is. Here's the thing. Everyone saw what Fred did. He tracked late into the box. He he was the late trailer on that play. Easy tapping. But I, I really want to talk about here. It's amazing. First of all, let's also not take away Leeds. Your one goal, Luke Ailing. My goodness, what a rip. What a rip. Oh my god. I mean, that was that was something special. I mean, but here, you know, I I'm going to go on my little thing and I'll let you add with what you want to add. This was about the best start Man United could have had, period. They really could have. David De Gea made a few saves. The back looked really good and really honestly, outside of a world goal from Ailing, the back line looked Absolutely calm, cool, and collected. The midfield dominated in every single sense of the word. Mick Sauce, Fred, Bruno, and Pogba all had their way with that Leeds midfield. And honestly, Dan James and Mason Greenwood also put on a very good shift. Players like Jaden Sancho also getting their first minutes with the club. This was the perfect game for Manchester United. This was the perfect game. And honestly, I can't... We I could break down little things here or there. But when you have guys like Cavani coming back in the next few weeks, you have Marcus Rashford coming back in the next you know month or two or so, whatever it is, 
and, and the transfer window isn't closed yet. That's the other thing that's still the big X factor here. Ollie might have a little trick up his sleeve and might be able to get another bit of business in the door. This is huge for Manchester United. This is, again, about as perfect of a start as you can get. And if this is what this team looks like right now, when a couple of their better offensive pieces... I mean, think about it. Let's realistically think about it. The... Starting three forwards, you're going to think for Man United going forward, is going to be Rashford, Cavani, and Sancho. United didn't have any of those guys today and still scored five goals. That is, I don't want to say this is a warning shot for the rest of the Premier League. And yes, it's just week one. But my God, this could not have gone any better. JD, I'll, I'll let you chime in here. I think this was the perfect start for Manchester United. And I'll let you, do you think that, like, when watching this game, did you think, did you think United were missing something? Or do you think that this was, honestly, this couldn't have gone any better? See, you, you are right. This is the perfect start for Manchester United. It's the perfect way to start off their season, get just an unbelievable 5-1 win against Leeds. A good team, mind you. I, I think the biggest takeaway for me is Leeds fucked this up. They try, they try too hard to control possession, and that's not what they're good at. I, I, I think they're, like, Bielsa probably said, like, let's make some changes. Let's really try and control the ball, pass a lot. They had, they had more possession. They had more passes, even, than United. And that's just not what they're good at. These play, like, the team is pretty unchanged. I mean, it, it just is. Like, you still have Rafinha. You still have Bamford. You still have Jack Harrison. You still have Luke Ayling. Most of the guys are all there from last season. And what they are good at is sitting back, absorbing pressure, and just hammering teams on the, on the counter. And they weren't able to do it because they had the ball over for more than half the game. I, they just aren't good at slow buildup. And, and a, a lot of the bigger teams are good at that because they're used to it. Leeds are not used to it. And I, I don't know if it was a tactic by Man Manchester United to let them have the ball more than usual. I, if it was, it, great, it works. But... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little worried about Leeds because, I mean, they, they have these games. They get blown out of games all the time. They, they're just, it, most games that they play in, it's very high scoring, whether for them or the other team. But this is not a good start for them. It, it just isn't. I mean, Luke Ayling, when, when, it, when he tied the game at 1-1, I thought, okay, we got a game. We got a game. And then they just could not do anything. And I mean, thank God I, I hammered the over at plus five and a half. Wow. Which I never do. I wow. never go that high. My except goodness. for leads. My I will only goodness. hammer that that high on leads. And hey, I was right. Six just, goals scored. I made like uh, twenty. No, I made thirty-two dollars, which is fun. And then I lost my other bets, so I pretty much broke even. <laughs> One thing I do want to add before we move on. Right before game time, it started circulating all over social media that. Rafael oh Varane was officially announced as Manchester United. And me Fucking as kill and, me. and me as, you know, a United fan, I'm like, oh hey, cool, that's awesome. And then ten seconds later I'm looking on my TV and this guy is walking on the field looking dapper as hell. Pulling cringe. Out, pulling out the Man cringe. United jersey Absolute with cringe. his brand new number. I'm telling you right now, I mean JD. Number nineteen. Say Ugh. say say what you want, JD. That is an announcement. That is how you announce a World Cup Champions League winner. 
that's how you announce someone like that. So we're going to move on. The next game, we're not going to spend as much time with. Brighton 2, Burnley 1. Burnley actually hitting the over on the goals expected at 1.79 to Brighton's 1.6. JD, I'm going to have you start this one off, really. Burnley took a nice early lead on a second-minute goal, and then they tried to park the bus, but Brighton had other ideas. Brighton were able to break down Burnley. Yeah, I mean, good for Brighton. I certainly did not watch this game. Um, fuck both of these teams, honestly. I, I like Brighton a little more than Burnley. Uh, Burnley can go piss off to the fucking championship. That's where they belong. Um, Brighton can be exciting sometimes. I, I guess I, I guess you could say this was a decent game. I, I just watched the highlights. It, it, it was all right. Two teams that I, I just don't think are really primarily quality. So I guess it's fitting that they start out playing each other. Um, I don't know. There's not too much to say about this. Uh, Tarkowski scoring early, and then, yeah, Burnley. That's, I, that is what Burnley do. They, they score the first five minutes and just park the bus. And sometimes it's hard to break it down. Brighton got it done, and I, I'm trying to think of anything else to say about this. I just don't care. I just don't care. I'm glad Burnley lost. That's my that's my takeaway. And 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 honestly, there really isn't that much more to add. Honestly, I do want to take give some credit out though to Brighton. Uh, their their biggest fault last year was not being able to get these types of goals in these types of games. They really had a tough time breaking down teams that were just going to sit back. Cheers to you, Brighton. You guys, honestly, that that was a big win. Watching you guys come back, this is a big win, and I get it. It's the first week of the season. But starting the season off with three points, I had Brighton going down. If you get crunching wins like this, this is a massive step in the right direction. So Brighton, keep it up. Let's see if you guys and the Seagulls can stay up. But we are going to move on. My projected champions of the league this year got off to a very, very, very hot start. Chelsea 3, Crystal Palace none. Expected goals, Chelsea at 1.21 to Crystal Palace's 0.35. Ladies and gentlemen, I really don't have to discuss much more than that. Because Chelsea owned the ball every single second of this match. They dominated on every single point. Goals from Christian Pulisic, Captain America. You have Marcus Alonso banging in free kicks for fun. And honestly, Chalaba... In his home debut, a center back pulling up range from about 35 yards out. This, I mean, we talk about perfect starts. A couple of the bigger teams had perfect starts, J.D. But, J.D., I'll have you kind of lead into this. This is another perfect start for one of the bigger clubs in this league. Yeah, um, Chelsea played really well. Uh, all, I mean, all over the field. I, you have a great goal by Christian Pulisic just following the ball, just cleaning it up. And that's good to see. Everybody likes seeing Pulisic score, being happy, good form. Um, Trevo Chalaba, what a fucking goal! I mean, young player, like I, just to have the, just to have the balls to attempt that goal. I mean, thirty yards out, low on the ground. I I can't believe he scored that. So good for him. Marcus Alonso hitting that ball harder than the duty hit in his car and killed. People forget Marcus Alonso murdered somebody. Like, actually, he, like, actually killed somebody. And nobody talks about it. He should not be playing in the Premier League. So, uh, yeah, great free kick. But, um, yeah, anytime anytime he does anything this season, I'm going to say it. 
but uh, otherwise, Chelsea, just clinical win, 3-0. That's all I can ask for um, against a pretty poor Palace team. I... I, I don't I don't know uh, Patrick Vieira I don't know what he can do without just completely changing this team I just tons of guys in tons of guys out I you need to just re- completely refresh this team because it's it's not going to work this season if you're going to play like that and honestly I really worry for Patrick Vieira I mean I, I already don't rate Patrick Vieira um, being the former coach of NYCFC there's a little bit of bias coming from me being a Red Bull fan but he had one of the better squads in MLS, didn't do anything with it, and he had a pretty decent squad. I believe he was the coach for Nice, correct, in uh, the French League? And I, Yeah, and I think don't it was get, Nice. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't expecting him to win anything, but he, like, really didn't do anything in the French League. So, I mean, honestly, I, I'm... I don't rate Vieira, and I understand that this is kind of just a stepping stone for his career. I don't think he, you know, thought as the Palace is the dream job. This is probably where he's here to work on his craft. But with players like Eze not playing, Wilfred Zaha not having, you know, a great game. Wilfred Zaha, again, is a guy who, like, has a good game every five games. And it's just, there aren't winners on this Palace squad, and I think that's going to be the big problem here for Vieira. So, I mean, honestly... We're just going to have to see. I feel like we have to keep a, a watchful eye on Vieira. I'm worried that maybe by Christmas, if they're not in a favorable position, maybe Crystal Palace is not afraid to axe a manager and bring in one of the old guns. But we do move on. Speaking of new coaches in town, Rafa Benitez starts his Everton career with a very, very solid win against Southampton. Everton 3, Southampton 1. Expected goals, Everton coming in at a 2.09 to Southampton's 0.78. Overall, I mean, honestly, honestly, I was worried for Everton because when Southampton took that early lead off of a horrible, horrible mistake from Michael Keane, I, I really worried that, oh my God, Everton can't be bad. Everton cannot be bad, but they they did turn it around. Very clutch goals from DeCure, Richarlson, and Calvert-Lewin late. I mean, honestly, it took a little while, but yeah, this, this Everton side, they have weapons to be able to do something. This is a team that I do rate to get into that top 10. I think that they should be competing for some form of European competition, whether it's Europa or the Europa League Conference. I, I, I mean, JD, I, I've really said all I've had to say. I Again, I rate Everton, and I think Rafa Benitez is a good manager for this side. But, I mean, in your eyes, could Everton have... I mean, what's more worrying for you? Here, I'm going to twist the question a little bit. Are you a little bit more impressed with how Everton came back, or are you a little bit more upset because, God... Southampton did not look good at all after that first goal. Um, yeah. The first 30 minutes of the game, I I was excited for Southampton because I, I don't I think they're gonna be teetering on the relegation line. And I thought that going into the game, and I think that now. But starting off in the game, they looked good. They looked good. And they, they weren't awful in the game. It's just they're missing a Danny Ings. I, I think that's the biggest thing. They don't like Adam Ar- Armstrong scored off of a defender mistake, which sure that's that's great. It happens for your team, like it's a good thing. But that can't be your, that can't be the only way you're going to score. I, I just feel like they they could they just could not create chances. 
and or or have a guy that can open space and and really put himself in a good position or pull defenders and get other guys in good positions. And that's what Danny Ings is and was for Southampton. And that's what he's going to be for Aston Villa. Maybe not this past weekend, but I I don't know. I, Everton, they look like a team that are going to be very week by week. You know, like they're going to they're going to beat Southampton comfortably and then they're going to lose to Newcastle the next week. I, I I don't know. I mean, it's only one weekend, so I don't know why I have I can say that. But like, well, it, it, time will tell. I just I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it might if. If Keane is gonna is gonna make mistakes like that regularly, that's not gonna help them. I think Rafa Benitez is a really good managerial hiring for them. He he's been there. He's coached the Premier League well, and he's won a lot. And I, I just it's it's gonna be interesting for them. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. And with a couple cheers and a couple boos when he was first announced onto the field, clearly some not forgetting his time at Liverpool. I have one follow-up question for you, though, JD, and this is about Southampton. At the end of the season, what will Southampton miss more, Danny Ings or Vestergaard, the center back? Danny Ings, easily. Okay. Easily. I think it's easier to, to get a decent center back replacement than it is, or just a guy to fill the space and, and not make mistakes. I think that's a lot easier than getting a clinical striker. And I do agree so now we are going to transition into our next game. Leicester City won Wolves nothing. Leicester City actually being beaten on goal dif- on uh, projected goals. Wolves coming in at 1.49 to 0.59. Um, I guess I'll take the lead on this one because this game kind of had one good opportunity from Leicester and they took full advantage of it on a great near post run from Jamie Vardy and honestly the fox in the box looks like he's going to be at it again this year I am terrified for Wolves because they had chances and they had opportunities and honestly Raul Jimenez still slowly working his way into what he needs to do to get back to 100% fitness but I, I, I'm, I'm calling it man Traore is a muscle merchant and that is it because this guy had multiple opportunities to split runners, put good opportunities on net, and I, I, you can be fast and you can be muscular, but to play this sport, you do actually need to be able to have the ability to put the ball in the net, and only two goals last year for Traore, and starting the season off with a couple missed opportunities that easily could have gotten Wolves points. That, like This game, Leicester City did not play well. Wolves just played worse. And honestly, it literally came down to one good opportunity for Leicester, and they're walking out of that. They they are leaving their home fans happy with three full points. I I don't know about you, JD. I if Wolves can't win games where they're the better team, what's gonna happen when they actually play one of the bigger sides that are gonna really just absolutely put them against the wall? I mean, I consider Leicester one of the bigger teams these days i i think this was a big test for wolves and you're right adama Traore. look the last couple seasons he's his finishing hasn't been very good and it was not it was not there today or well yeah this weekend i should say this match day i he's not getting any younger and his finishing isn't getting any better 
So I think he really, he needs to understand that he shouldn't be putting himself in goal scoring opportunities. He should be the one going down the left or right and setting them up. Because I think that's just, it's just what he's better at. Jimenez coming back is huge for that, for, for that reason. Raul Jimenez coming back is immense because those balls that he's, he does have great crossing. He has great speed. He has great dribbling. The finishing just isn't there, but if he can get the ball in the box, if he can create that space for him to, to cross it in or play a through ball to Jimenez or, um, or is Neto, did Neto play? I don't even remember. Uh, let me double check. Uh, if if I'll, I'll be honest oh, with no, you. Oh, no, he yeah. did not. Because I'll be honest. Not. Yeah, I was going to say. I'll be honest with you. I watched the game and I didn't hear his name. So, uh, yeah, no, no, no. no. no yeah, he, he didn't did play. Not. He wasn't even in the squad. I, I don't even. I don't know why he's not in the squad. But yeah, Pedro Neto. He's a really good player. And then they also didn't have. Um, fuck. What's his? Oh God. Who's got? Who's the really short dude for Wolves? Oh my God. I can't think of his name. Joao Moutinho. Potence. Daniel Potence. Oh. Daniel Potence. Daniel Potence. Potence looked really good last season too. No Potence. They had Francisco Trincao on loan from Barcelona. I mean, your front three is good. Traore, Jimenez, Trincao. That's a good front three. It just wasn't there. And Leicester have just shown us over the last couple seasons that they can just win games no matter what. I mean, Madison looked good. Vardy, Vardy is Vardy. Will, um, Wilfred, or, uh, yeah, Didi looked really good, I thought. I... I don't know. This game didn't have that much, to be honest. It, ju- it was just a dugout win from Leicester. There's not too much more to say about it. I I am hoping Wolves can be a little bit better going forward, but they weren't this past weekend. So and and funny enough, this was the dud game this week. This was the game that literally only had one or two opportunities in the full game. So we're gonna move on to more exciting action. Watford three, Aston Villa two. A first week upset. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Watford actually being the lesser of the teams when it came to goal um goal opportunities. Aston Villa at 1.04, Watford coming in at 0.98. Imagine a 0.98 goal opportunity and actually getting three goals. Watford 3, Aston Villa 2. This game had two major stories in it, and that is Aston Villa with all these new signings seem to be a team that's going to take a few games to kind of get their legs under them. They did have, I mean, yes, Danny Ings got his goal. But overall, I mean, they look like a team that's still like they're they're a they're a piece of art in work. But I'm gonna talk about Watford. The brand new boys looked good. They looked hungry. On the counter, they look lethal. Ismail Asar, like I said, boys and girls, first week, he's a top winger in this league. And I'm telling you, he looked phenomenal in this game, getting a goal and an assist. So, JD. I really don't have too much to say in this game. Again, I feel like I called Watford. They're going to be my team to look out for this year. I really think if this team gets on a good run, strings a few good performances, I'm not saying they're competing for Europe. I'm not saying they're not even going to get top 10. But Watford, if they play like this all year against teams that are supposed to finish really well, I... I think Watford got. I think Watford have as good a chance as any other team. And honestly, like I guess maybe it's like I know we're gonna do hot takes later, but I could see Watford finishing above Arsenal. 
Yeah, I could see most of the league finishing above Arsenal. But, um, yeah, the Moose Hornets uh, did pretty well against a very good Aston Villa side. I I had a parlay going, and it lost because Villa lost to Watford. I did not expect this. I mean, yeah, Ismail Azar is very good. Um, Bonaventure, I don't really know him. His goal was good. Cucho Hernandez, same thing. I, It's a lot of guys that I, I don't know very well. Um, but the team overall w- looked really good. I Villa, I don't know what I don't know what happened. Honestly, they had a good team out there. John McGinn had a great goal. Danny Ings had a garbage time penalty, but it's not going to be enough. You you have to be like it, Villa, in my opinion. Even losing Grealish, who they brought in, makes me feel a lot better. Like the fact that they lost Grealish is big, but. The, the guys they brought in with, like, ben, uh, Buendia and Ings and Leon Bailey, I, I I don't know what happened in this game. They Really, they should have they won team to team. I, I, I rate them higher, but Watford just put a great performance together, I and, and Villa just couldn't show up. And I, 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 I don't know. I, and, I'm, and I'm not arguing with you. I, like, I'm still not putting Aston Villa in, like, oh, my God, like, put your entire season on notice. Like, I'm still, like, I'm still sitting here, like, Aston Villa are going to be fine. They're going to get their points. I'm just saying, at least, uh, this, what a game for Watford. What a way to start your season. I mean, look at two of the, look at this. The three teams that got promoted on their way up, two of them won against teams they, honestly, on paper, they should not have beaten. But two teams got wins. One team didn't. And that's going to be our transition to our next one. JD had a very good Saturday afternoon at the bar slash winery slash wherever the hell he was at. Because Liverpool 3, Norwich 0. Expected goals coming in at Liverpool at 2.03 to Norwich's 1.25. JD, I'm just going to say a couple quick things. Norwich did not look bad. They did not look bad. They had opportunities. They had decent chances. But if Liverpool continue to look like this and they stay healthy, again, the key thing here is they have to stay healthy. Liverpool are right back in it. And I'm telling you right now, if City are firing, Chelsea are firing, United are firing, and if Liverpool are also firing, remember, this was a Liverpool side that just had a very off year last year jd i'm gonna hand this off to you go ahead take it wherever you want you are a liverpool fan express yourself i mean honestly it was just a clinical 3-0 win there's not there's nothing that crazy to talk about i norwich didn't look awful they liverpool just looked really good and when you have those two things happen when when liverpool's on they're on and and anybody who's watched Liverpool play at their best, when when they're firing, they're firing. Like I, it's gonna happen. And I just good goals like Jota, great goal. I love seeing Firmino score. Salah, he broke. He, I think it was a Premier League record. It was his fifth consecutive opening day goal for what the a, season. What a stat! Wild. What a stat! Uh, and he had two assists. People like, people forget that. Like Salah, like they call him a selfish player. He fucking had two assists in this game. I like, and the goal. I, I, I just I would personally like to meet the people who call Mohamed Salah a selfish player. I mean, this guy is continuously just a top five player in a top five league. That's how I label this guy. 
Yeah, I just like I just like all the memes. It's like, oh, I guess Sawa is a, a five season wonder, you know, because they, you know, they call him the one season wonder, and then next season, oh, he's oh, he's just it's just a two season wonder. Here we are, five season, fifth season wonder. I don't think I've ever heard. Um, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone call anyone a two season wonder, but yeah, five season wonder. Definitely. Oh, yeah. you know what? Yeah, if you were a Liverpool you know, fan, you would have seen that a lot. You know what? Um, I'm just I'm just calling it now. Mohamed Salah, he's just been getting lucky these past five years. Yeah, seriously, he is. Yeah, he just he just keeps like accidentally himself into the right position, and then just accidentally hitting the ball perfectly off his foot, and just happens yeah, to go just, in. Just, like just luck. Don't just rate luck. him at all. Yeah. Now my biggest thing with this game, honestly, like I'm not taking away from like the goals, just the overall play. Van Dyke actually didn't look that great, in my opinion. He and and I say that being as he looks like he has not played competitively in nine months. I, I don't I, I mean I hope I don't think it'll continue. He just kind of looked a little slow, a little slow. Not not he didn't have a huge smile on his face like he usually does. I don't know. I was surprised he played ninety minutes as well. I was very surprised because we. I mean, Liverpool, they were 3-0 up in the 75th minute. I am very surprised Klopp didn't sub, sub Van Dyke out. He didn't need to play 90 minutes. He he did what he had to do. He kept the clean sheet great. I, he just wasn't 100% there. And I don't mean fitness-wise. I, I just, like, intensity and, and just match fitness. And I, I think that'll come in the next couple weeks. But for this game, I'm glad it was Norwich who that's the team you want to play starting out when, when Van, Van Dyke's coming back. And so, I was about to uh, say, the one... other thing I want to say is Allison, Allison had already the save of the season. I think. Yeah. I mean, well, oh, for the, yeah. for the weekend, the save, well, of, the definitely, week, the save, definitely save of the match the week. Save of the week. Yeah. So, so technically save of the season so far, but cause it's only so, one game. Okay. But um, you got to put the yeah. so far on it though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, all right. What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I mean, honestly, a little bit of a like opposite opinion to that. I think this was the perfect game to keep Van Dyke in the full ninety minutes because this game was never in worry. I mean, Liverpool had this game. Yes, Norwich had their chances, but at no point watching this game did I really think Norwich were really gonna take it to Liverpool or put Liverpool yeah, no. in a position. So. I'm saying I'm thinking the opposite to you. I would have left Van Dyke in like Jurgen did, and I would have left him in the 90 minutes. He's got to get his. He's got to get those minutes under his legs because the more minutes he gets on those legs, the more he's going to start to get back into that prime. And the sooner Van Dyke gets back into their prime, Liverpool go back into being contenders. So, because honestly, yeah. I don't think the same way. Bruno is to United, De Bruyne is to City, Van Dyke is to Liverpool. If this guy is not 100% healthy and playing, you are not getting the best this team has to offer. So we're going to move on now to our first Sunday game, Newcastle versus West Ham United. And before I say the scoreline, I'm just going to label this. This was, this was if you were going to watch one game this week, I'm hoping you watch this one because this game had back and forth action teams just throwing haymakers at each other west ham four newcastle two west ham winning on um goal expected goals 3.12 to newcastle's 1.72 i'm i'm telling you right now i really hope you guys watch this game and if you didn't go back and watch the highlights because my goodness what a contest 
West Ham and Newcastle literally exchanging blows back and forth. Newcastle taking the early lead on a Callum Wilson goal. Newcastle firing right back with a nice goal from Aaron Questwell. Followed right back up with a Newcastle goal from Jacob Murray, one of their academy players through the lineup. And then after that, it was an absolute show for West Ham, scoring three straight times, including late goals from Thomas Suchek potato salad ultras and Mikel Antonio I'm telling you right now watching this game West Ham are going to be good this year because they were able to get good good minutes from Ben Arthur as well he's looking like he's going to try to fill that Jesse Lingard role as much as possible and yes I understand it's Newcastle like they're going to finish lower on the table than most clubs but if West Ham look this good going forward David Moyes can teach them to be a little bit more defensively. This team's always had a problem with getting goals. If they're able to get three or four goals a game against the majority of the teams in the league, West Ham have every right to say that they're still in the conversation for being at the top of the table and fighting for places in Europe. And honestly, it leads down to Mikel Antonio. If Mikel Antonio can stay healthy, which has been his biggest Achilles heel going into these last like few seasons, West Ham are a contender to get some European soccer. So I'm going to now hand this off to you, JD. Newcastle looked good. They didn't look bad in this game, but West Ham looked good. Honest opinion, after this game, are you more impressed with the fact that Newcastle weren't afraid to get in this game? Or are you more impressed with the fact that, okay, okay, West Ham, we see you. Uh, yeah, I'm a little surprised that Newcastle did play as well as they did for a lot of the game. But West Ham just were on another level. I, I, I guess it's just Newcastle, but yeah, they, they brought it. And West Ham just took that challenge. I The fact that... Mikel Antonio missed a penalty in this game, and they still won. They still scored four other goals. I just, yeah, West Ham looked good this season, and and it's it's great. It's great for their fans. It's it's great for the league to see a team like that just playing well. Really, I mean, I could see them pushing for Europe. Maybe like maybe not Champions League, but pushing for that Europa League spot or whatever the fucking thing Tottenham's in. Europa League um, Conference. <laughs> Yeah, what, what, uh, I, they're I, gonna be. <laughs> I, they're 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 not gonna be playing Wi-Fi codes. They're gonna be playing ISP codes. Like, <laughs> uh, you know the you know the you know the like, you know the code on the back of the like a brand new router that's like fourteen characters long. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. that's who they're playing. That's uh, yeah. This I I, I, Full, I they're gonna be playing IP addresses. That's lit. That IP is addresses. It. No, but I mean, over it's, yeah. But overall, I think this was honestly this was a great game. This was an absolutely great game. Oh, it was I'm great. Really, game. Yeah, it was I'm, fantastic re game. I'm really hoping you didn't miss this one. I mean, honestly, I did miss. I did miss, miss this one. I had to watch the highlights. All right. Well, I was, I, mean, I was driving. I was driving home, and all right. JD is following the letter of the law, and he's not watching Premier League soccer behind the wheel. Something. I, I need to work on. But going into the game of the week, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the highlighted topic at hand, the battle for Harry Kane, as some are calling it. Tottenham hosting Manchester City, the defending champions. 
a big thing going into this game was, was Harry Kane going to be in the Tottenham starting lineup? But well, we found out a few hours before the game that Harry Kane was not added to the game day roster, not on the starting lineup and not on the bench. Yes, Tottenham would have to face against Harry Kane. I would have to face against Manchester City without Harry Kane. Speaking of players showing up and not showing up, this was also the first the first real game for Jack Grealish in Manchester City baby blue final score Tottenham 1 Manchester City nothing we're going to dedicate a few minutes to this game because yes the scoreline was only 1 nothing Manchester City 1 unexpected goals 2.24 to Spurs 1.06 an absolutely incredible goal from Young Ming Sun. But there are way other bigger topic points at this hand. J JD, I I'm going to... I You know what, JD? I'll let you start. I've started a few times uh, throughout some of these games. So, uh, in this game, what really caught your eye, JD? What really stood out for you in this contest? I mean, honestly, Manchester City looked on the same level as Tottenham. And that's why I it was it was a close game in my opinion. I I think Tottenham deserved to win with how they scored the one goal and just held City back. But City just looked tired, and, and that's and that's where City looking tired makes them, in my opinion, on the same skill level as Tottenham Hotspur, especially without Harry Kane. I just City just were not up for it, and and I maybe maybe it's just the. The honeymoon of winning the Premier League, your first game back, and it's just not great. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm not worried for City. They'll, they'll get it back. I, I, I hope they don't. But realistically, they're, they're going to come back and really challenge for the title. Tottenham, I don't know. I don't know. They played well, but uh, I, 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 I just don't know. I, they. I I, I don't. I don't want to get. I don't want to give hope I'll, to Tottenham. I'll gas them up if you I don't, don't want to do it. If you, you know what? Then can I take over? Yeah. Because I'm gonna gas up Tottenham. Tottenham. What a fucking performance. What a, if you are a Tottenham fan? This has to go down as one of the best moments you've had as a Tottenham fan. Like I know Tottenham fans who are celebrating going into Monday. Like this is the first win, first game of the season. But let's really break this down. Like, honestly, some of the standout performers. Let's talk about Sanchez at the center back position. He has been ridiculed multiple times on this podcast alone for being a fraud at the center back position. But him and Eric Dyer played the perfect game. Regulong and Tangala, dude, played absolutely out of their skin at the wingback positions and absolutely held it down at no point was Manchester City allowed to build any width in this game which basically eliminated Jack Grealish and Raheem Sterling these guys were basically held in the pockets of these guys and it was absolutely phenomenal but I'm gonna take it down to one player on one player only and honestly we're gonna talk about our Pepper Brooks MVPs a little bit but I'm gonna leak mine now Lucas Mora played like prime 2015-2016 PSG Lucas Mora. A human cheat code. This guy was absolutely running circles around 
every Manchester City midfielder and defender opening up huge pockets of space and making absolutely well-timed passes to release Young Ming Sung and Bergwijn. Oh my god. If Tottenham needed a reality check of what life would be like after Spurs or after Harry Kane, oh my god. If you're a Spurs fan, the uh, the 85-pound weight is now officially off your shoulders because this team looked good. They look well-rounded. Daly Alley put in an absolutely phenomenal performance. Hoiberg put in a phenomenal performance. Oliver Skip. I haven't heard of it. I didn't hear about this guy until this game. Played absolutely phenomenal. And honestly, the thing that I'm I'm realizing, and honestly what surprised me the most, most is how committed these guys were to the game plan for a brand new manager. Nuno Espirito Santos needs as much credit as any one of the guys that I explained. Yes, Hyungming Sung got the goal, and yes, Lucas Mora played out of his skin. But if Nuno is getting these guys to get these are getting these guys to commit the way they are in week one, I I JD, I don't know about you, and maybe I'm getting a little bit of premature about myself. If Spurs look this good right now, and they continue to hold any of this form throughout the rest of the season, it might be a five or six team race for those top four spots. So, uh, look, imagine gassing up a team for finishing the week off in 10th place in the table. Oh, you just imagine you it. stop it. Okay, please stop it. Okay, because <laughs> no, I because no, you, so realistically, I'm I'm. I'm also looking at... I, I didn't realize this. I guess I watched this whole game. I, I didn't actually realize who City did not play. I mean, you have Laporte. You have Rodri. Uh, De Bruyne, I know, I know he's... I know why he didn't start. But Bernardo Silva, John Stones, Kyle Walker, all on the bench. I Well, you have to remember... I don't know why they... But you have to remember I this... I don't know why. This team, not only a few days ago, were in a Community Shield game where they did play. I know, it's, but... I just, I, you, you need to start your season off well, and this team was not it. I, I, I'm realizing this now that like, holy shit, they left a lot, they left a lot on the bench there, and and that's saying something for City because they have two first teams. But Tottenham, for, we're up for it, I guess. I, I'm not gonna gas them up too much. Look, I will. Tottenham supporters, you're in, you're in tenth place. You're in 10th oh, place. you okay? Please stop. Okay, let's be honest. Let's be honest here. You played Norwich. I played Leeds. Tottenham fans played the defending champions and are on the same points as we are. It's week one. JD, calm yourself. But let's tenth place. Let's get to the points. Higher let's than get to the point. Okay, let's be honest here. Most teams are. But let's get to the nitty-gritty to start the season off, right? JD and the fans. That's right, guys. I'm going to be also locking in your pick numbers. Because honestly, I think you guys would have won the league before we would have. The fans and JD coming in with six picks. Myself with five. Who would have thought Man United would have let me down? But we move on. I have already explained my Pepper Brooks MVP being Lucas Mora. Not getting on the goal sheet. But I'm telling you right now, absolutely playing out of his skin. And if Tottenham get that Lucas Moore for the rest of the year, we all need to kind of put Tottenham under a microscope because they might be a, a team that we need to watch out for. But JD, I'm 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 hitting those Pepper Brooks vibes. But JD, who is going to Ouchtown? 
Do you have any guesses? Uh, no. It's it's super obvious. Oh, it it. Oh, I mean, it has to be someone from Arsenal. It has to be. No, it's it's just Arsenal. Oh, it's the whole. Oh, he's put, it's just it's just Arsenal. He's putting the whole team on a bus and sending them to Ouchtown on a one way trip. Yeah, Ouchtown population, you bro. Like I, I, I just I I tried I tried to explain it earlier, and I I don't think I did a good enough job, and I don't think I can do a good enough job right now. Arsenal might get relegated. I look. Wow, that take, that's even a, that, that's even a hot take. That, that's even a hot take. That take is back. But it's not back to back years where Arsenal are gonna get relegated in JD's eyes. Well, they played like shit last season, and they're starting the season off the same exact way. I, it's almost not even that hot anymore. They are just hot garbage. <laughs> and to say that, like, imagine if Arsenal got relegated from the Premier League. That I mean, that would be Arsenal. Uh, oh, I, I'm not trying to be that guy, and I understand that we've had our separate conversations about Arsenal fan TV on this podcast. If Arsenal, dude, if Arsenal, dude, if Arsenal got relegated, I would subscribe. I would pay for the Patreon for Arsenal fan TV because I would want that content immediately sent to me as soon as possible. You're you're gonna see fires that you haven't seen in London for almost a century. If Arsenal get relegated, it, it's there's gonna be riots. I don't know if they would recover. I really don't. I, 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 I the the Arsenal until I die documentary on Netflix would be amazing. Honestly, I'm I'm all here for that. Honestly, I, I I I hear where you're coming from. I just can't see like with the amount of money Arsenal have, I cannot see that team getting relegated. But you know what? Before we get any further, guys, we are going to go into our final segment of the day. We are talking about some hot takes. And again, I know it's very, very early to kind of put some things in a microscope, put them in the microwave, and heat them up. But you know what? I'll get mine right off the bat. Manchester City need Harry Kane more than Spurs do. Because Manchester City, yes, have all the wing play in the world. But I'm telling you right now, Gabriel Jesus ain't your answer. Because even when he got subbed in, he didn't do anything. Man City need a striker, and they need a good striker bad. And I'm telling you right now, if you're Spurs, ooh, Man City, you want, oh, 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 you offer 150? Yeah, it's going to be 175 million now. No way. Spurs now know what life outside of Harry Kane will be. City need a striker. And if City want kane it's gonna cost them a whole lot of money but i guess like that's my hot take city need kane more than spurs do jd go ahead um you're gonna hate this but other other than arsenal being hot garbage other than that that hot take, it's not even that hot uh, that hot of a take but um rafael varan makes zero impact for united and Jaden sancho scores less than five goals i'm gonna say five goals I can see the Jaden Sancho thing. I can. I, I really, really can because I think Jaden Sancho is going to be more of a felicitator. He's going to be someone who's going to be whipping stuff into players like Pogba and, you know, you know, and Fernandez and Cavani when he's healthy and Greenwood when he's healthy. I don't, I knew. I think he's still expected no, to score. Oh, oh, well, I mean, let's not, let's not live under a freaking. His price yeah. tag. Come on. Well, let's not live under a rock, but yeah, dude, I'm telling you right now, if he still bangs out 10 to 15 assists, if he can get close to 10 goals and he can get close to 15 assists in a season, He's worth the money, in my opinion, because he's also taking 
pressure. Yeah, but, he won't. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, who knows? Again, season's young, but honestly, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibilities. Guys, you put in some awesome hot uh, hot takes on our Instagram. I'm going to read through some of them, and we're going to break them down. We have a few minutes before we wrap up here. Uh, John Sosa24 coming in with Brentford might have what it takes to shine. Uh, yeah, I think they do. If they play like this every week, I mean, honestly, I've seen crazier things. I put them in the same conversation I would put Leeds last year. They have a bunch of average, middle-of-the-pack guys, but they have a game plan, and they have energy. And with the backing of that home crowd, that is not an easy place to get a result from. So, I, yeah. dude, let's, I... Let's see what they do against not Arsenal. That is also a very, very good point. Uh, our good French pal, JC, coming in with the hot take. Liverpool will sell one of their best front three bef before the end of the season. Now, I'll let you take that one. Do you think that that could actually happen? I mean, 100%. Uh, the way Salah started the season, I... Look, go this over the summer, I was fine if Liverpool sold Mohamed Salah. Because... I feel like Mane appreciates the club a little more. And I'm not saying Salah doesn't appreciate the club. I, I think he loves it. But I think you get a little bit more money. And Mane might have... Well, I don't want to say he has a higher ceiling. I Salah's at the peak of just being an absolute world-class player. And I I think a team would pay $150 million for him. And with that money, you can get Mbappe. So, fuck off. I think if someone came I in, want Mbappe. <laughs> I think if someone came in at like around 75, 80 million dollars, I think Liverpool would listen. No. I think they would listen. But that's just me. No. That's just no, me. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. If a team came in with 150, I, they'd be like, "All right, Salah, what do you want to do? Do you want to go play for Madrid?" How like, well, how and how old how old right now is Mohamed Salah? He's 28. Okay, no, I for some reason I thought he was like thirty already, but no, okay, twenty eight. That's no, okay. He's okay, same same with Mane. Oh, or Mane might have just turned twenty nine. Over over maybe just turned twenty around a hundred million. I don't know one hundred fifty, but a hundred million. I could see around a hundred million. The way the market is now, oh. it it would take more than it would take more than that. Trevor is because because the way the no because the way the market is now, you're paying a hundred million pounds to Aston Villa. Oh, uh, you know what? Rich. No, okay, that this is no, Mohamed Salah no, no, at Liverpool. That, okay, very valid point. That is a that is a great counter to my thought because, yeah, because I mean, yeah, but Jack Grealish is a few years younger and he's English. Sure, so, he, so he's English. So there's the English tax as well that you have to worry about. But no, you know what, JD, you've thought it into my mind, and I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. Mohamed Salah can go for that price tag. But yes. Uh, JC, I also agree with you. Um, opposite approach, I think Firmino could be on the players that might not be there by the end of the season just because I nah. think... No, nah, he's staying. I, I, again, that's just... Hey, it's my thought and my thought he alone. He breathes Liverpool. He lives yes. this club. Yes, He could not start any game this season and he would just enjoy his time. Oh, with the amount of money he's making, trust me, I wouldn't have a problem either. So... Trevor coming in with the hot take. Brentford will finish above <laughs> Arsenal. Not he's a he's a Spurs fan for ever, for anybody wondering. But on but honestly, hey, you know what? I, I can see it. I can see a lot of teams I wanna, doing that. I, I, I want to see both of these teams at week two. 
before I answer this hot take. Because if Brentford continue to shine and Arsenal continue to Arsenal... Again, I'd like to review this question after the time. Let's bang these last two out really quickly. King Nito, 10-19 coming in. It doesn't matter what players Arsenal brings in now. Arteta needs to go. Um, Yeah, you're not going to get an argument from me. I think the bigger question here is it's not getting rid of Arteta is who would take the job. I think that's the biggest X factor right now because Arsenal can go ahead and fire Arteta. That's fine. You can fire whatever manager you want. But at the end of the day, there I don't believe there is a long line of coaches standing outside of the Emirates with their resume applying for the job. And if you're just going to go and reach out for someone like Antonio Conte, the amount of money you're going to have to pay him to come and then the amount of money you're going to have to guarantee him to like that he's going to want to spend... Arsenal haven't done that the last few transfer windows, and I, I just, I don't rate Arsenal being a place that's desirable for other, for big-time managers to come in. I mean, JD, I'll, go ahead, do you think? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of up-and-coming League One and League Two coaches that would love, you know, that step up to Arsenal. It's not a huge step, um, so I think, I think Arsenal actually has a huge pool of potential managers. You're looking at like whoever's managing Accrington Ak- Ak- uh, Stanley right now, or uh, Barrow, or um, maybe Portsmouth. You know, teams like that. You know, that's that's who they're they're pulling from. Who is the name of the Philadelphia Union's manager? Jim Curtin. Uh, J- Jim Curtin. Honestly, I don't think he takes that job. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think he's. I think he's really. He's, got, he's good. He's good at. He's good at the union. He's got it. I, I, I don't think he risks it. Uh, that, I don't think. What, I don't think. Like I'm not. I'm not saying like he oh, in I any want. way would be able to coach Arsenal, but I. I don't think he even takes that risk. Then, <laughs> then all they, may, they might ask him, but then all I want is an Arsenal versus Red Bull Leipzig game, so we can just get Jesse Marsh versus Jim Curtin again. But our final hot take of the night. Well, funny enough, not a hot take as this person thinks. Uh, Van Stan at underscore MS. Not a hot take, but just went to Lancaster for a bachelor party and we all had a blast. Well, hey, there you go, JD. People are showing up in your local town and you're not even there. Shit. Who, wait, who, who asked that question? Van's aunt underscore MS. Maybe I'm saying that no. name wrong. No, I do. It is. Okay. Well, hey. Um, yeah. Next- yeah, no, but hey, hey, hey. Glad you had a great time in Lancaster. Uh, it can be fun. Um, I can see a bachelor party being fun. Um, other than that, it's not that great of a city. Um, one, you know, one night, it could be fun. There's a lot of good bars. I hope you went to like Telus 360. I hope you stayed away from Marion Court. Uh, I hope you went to the Exchange. It's a great rooftop bar or Altana. But, um, yeah, if you're ever back, uh, hit me up. I'm down to I'm down to go get fucked up in Lancaster City. Hey, and that's what we are here for. But ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be everything. We are done. Week one is in the books. We'll be back on Friday for our preview for the upcoming week. God, I am so glad we're back to two episodes a week. Let's go. Yes. Guys, absolutely, but let's not forget, you guys can remember, check us out on all social media platforms. That is Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. You can find us on every streaming service. Yes, that's correct. Spotify, Apple Music, all the others. I don't remember them. It's a late night. Let's 
go into the week on a positive vibes. Let's not forget, guys, get on those social medias. Remember, you want to get your fan picks in? You want to get your hot takes? You want to get all of the things we want to interact with you? You got to get on those social medias. That's the only way you're going to get it. Guys, as always, my name is Matt with my co-host, JD, as well. Be safe. Be well. Guys, have a great evening. Peace out. Peace out.